You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good night, my bride chillers, a groom chillers. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast, a show that's all about helping you plan your wedding without losing your marbles. I'm Alicia, the host. This, uh, well, we're into our late two, 200s of the episode. If you're new to the show, you can go back to the back catalogue, check them all out. We've covered everything from mother-in-laws to weaves to the correct buzzy support. That's a random selection of topics I've just pulled out of my ass. I'm very excited today to be joined by a very good friend of the Bride Chiller podcast. Her name is Erica. You may have heard her on previous episodes. She's a Bride Chiller graduate. She also happens to be a wedding planner and a wedding coordinator and a blog mistress and many other things. Today, she's here with her wedding planner coordinator cap, hat. Very good. I don't know. What other hat would you have on, Erica? Um, I don't know. Some oh, there's of... so many. <laughs> I could have my very, she's hat, my styling hat. hat. There's so many hat. <laughs> got a range of hats available. Uh, your your business. I always want to say this in a French accent, but I'm not because it seems offensive to French people. Uh, <laughs> and you say it much better than me. Folle de events. It's yeah. Folle de. Yeah. Folle de. de. Yep. And yeah. it's the so... the madness of two. It's sort of a tongue in cheek. Uh, play on on words <laughs> but it is a, it's a french term from psychology actually is it i did yes. not know that it's so fancy pants i really enjoy it and i'm going to learn to say it properly one of these days <laughs> i made the mistake of picking a french name for my business no one can spell it or say it that's on me i'm a bad marketer i don't know why we no you're together. not <laughs> i know well we work very well together erica is also you might have received an email from erica because erica's also on the bride chiller team which i'm so excited and delighted to uh have you on board because you are as as me helping as i as me and my grandma helping people plan their weddings without losing their brains you help me run my business without losing my brain so thank you it's all fun i love it <laughs> Now, we are here today to uh, discuss, to help share, spread the word about the joys and the amazingness of wedding coordinators and what they do, because we've talked a lot between you and I about the idea, what you, what you do, but also this, this sort of, some sort of blockage that some people have when it comes to hiring help when on their wedding day, whether that's full-blown wedding planning or day of coordination and you jumped in and went this would be a great episode we should definitely talk about it and break down some of the myths and also talk through what actually a wedding coordinator does and I was like Erica come on the show let's make this happen so (laughs) I'm really going to hand this episode over to you of I'm uh, you know going to be here but I think I feel like you know exactly where you want to take this and uh, I feel like we're all in your hands because this is your business Erica so Oh, oh gosh, no pressure. No pressure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, it's good. It is good. And I think sometimes uh, we can start wedding planning and think we can do it all. And then it becomes more and more time consuming. It's really hard chasing down resources. And I often hear from people, you know, with uh, these complaints that vendors aren't getting back to them or they have to go out and sit in the toilets on their phone in, at work to try and email people and they feel like it's a second full-time job. So I feel like this is a great topic because I know that a coordinator and a planner is someone that can come and take off some of that pressure from people. Mm-hmm. So where does it all begin? 
So basically, um, just kind of a quick overview of what the different types of wedding planner services that are available and yes. some of the, um, the terms that are used to refer to those services. Um, a lot of people think of wedding planning as this, you know, big expensive investment. You know, it's somebody who's with you going to every single appointment, um, do, doing the design work, doing all the planning, doing getting you all the vendors, sometimes handling even the entire financial side of it to, you know, actually mm. booking those vendors, that sort of thing. And that's the sort of top level of the wedding planning service industry. Um, and the reality is not very many couples, uh, I mean, there are certainly wedding uh, couples that can afford to spend that kind of money on a full wedding planner and see great value in that. But um, the, the, the service that's actually much more common is wedding coordination, um, mm. also referred to as day of coordination. But I personally do not use that term anymore, and many of my industry associates do not either. Um, and we will get into why we don't call it that anymore. Um, Sometimes it's referred to as month of coordination. Sometimes it's just called wedding coordination, like I call it. Sometimes it's wedding management. Um, there's a lot well, of different ways of referring to that specific service. And the reason why that's a good service for much like the more average couples is that it is affordable and it doesn't uh, require you to have somebody there with like every step of the way. You're you're doing the planning and they're putting the pieces together and making sure it runs smoothly. That's kind of the quick broad strokes overview. Um, you can also have uh, wedding planners and designers who help with the actual design of your, your event. Um, sometimes that's the planner themselves. Sometimes that's a separate person. Uh, there are professionals out there who actually just spe um, specialize in in wedding design and they aren't necessarily going to be the ones doing your timelines and things, but they're going to be putting together design boards and helping you with the conceptual ideas. Um, and we're not really going to talk about that side of wedding planning today. Um, basically I wanted to get a little bit into what exactly a wedding coordinator does and when you should hire them and what you should expect to pay for a wedding coordinator. Ooh, these, are, these are very good points already, yes. Erica. I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. She's hit the hit the marks. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sorry, I've, I've just had to jump in and say that. I was excited when no, you just no, hit those No, no, jump in points. and just let me know if, it, if there's other things that you want me to slow down with and, and cover in more in depth. So basically with wedding coordination, um, the main responsibilities of a wedding coordinator are to be the liaison between your vendors and you and also to coordinate schedules um, make suggestions or recommendations for vendors when you're early in the process. Um, keep you on track with your planning process. With either that might be through a checklist, that might be through planning meetings. Um, usually, um, most of the the wedding coordinators that um, that I work with that I've that I know they have some form of planning dashboard or a virtual planning room that they allow access to their um, to, to their clients so you're there you're, you're bringing all the information together and everybody's on the same page for the whole process mm. 
And that can be one of the most challenging parts, Erica. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes people feel it's the overwhelm of having to collate all the data that is what pe- when people first start to panic and go, oh, my God, there's just too much stuff. Right, I don't know how to right. organise it all, put it all together. That in normal life, if you had even, you know, a couple of those things thrown at you at once, you go, yeah, I can do this. But when it's all happening at once, mm-hmm. it can be pretty mm-hmm. hardcore. And it's at so many moving parts. Um, the more vendors that you bring on, the harder it is to coordinate everybody's schedule mm-hmm. and everybody's needs. So that's where having a coordinator can be very valuable. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the other general, uh, you know, the usual responsibilities that you can expect a wedding coordinator to do. Um, we create timelines for the event. We create floor plans. Uh, we collect all the information of, as far as like vendor contacts. We confirm payment information, contract information with the, the vendors, um, all that good stuff. We'll take you on a venue walkthrough. We'll be there for your rehearsal to run the rehearsal. Um, and then on the actual day of the wedding, we're the ones on site coordinating the vendor setup. We're making sure everything is put together and designed the way that you envision it. And we're there till the very end of the day to assist with breakdown and making sure that all the vendors items are picked up, that they're um, packed out properly um, and that the venue is left in the shape that it's supposed to be. Mm. So that's, the quick kind of overview of the main responsibilities of a uh, of a, a wedding coordinator. So, um, yeah, I, I think that a lot of times the the really important part that that people don't think of is that the earlier you book your wedding coordinator, the more uh, use you can get out of them. Um, yeah, and the better your experience will be altogether. And a lot of people believe, and this is a a myth, that because you don't necessarily have your coordinator, like, meeting with you at every single meeting, they think that they should wait till later in the process to book their coordinator. I've gotten calls from people who want somebody, like, a month out, and that's really, that's a hard thing to to pull together. Um, It's much better if you bring them on at the very beginning and we might be working in the background. You may not see much uh, from us um, in those first few months, but we've set you up with your planning dashboard. We've set you up with your vendor recommendations, and we're there, whether it be by email or phone call or text, to answer any questions that you have along the way. And you know, it's a it's a some it's somebody who can make you feel a little bit more. Uh, sure in your decisions you know if you're having some trouble with a vendor or you're concerned about a contract you can send it to your coordinator and say hey can you quickly look this over like does this seem like a good uh, a good contract that sort of thing so I think that's like the one big myth that I like the first one I want to kind of dispel is that you can hire a wedding coordinator as as early as you're engaged um you know sometimes coordinators want to have a set date before they um to, before they bring you on but yeah. you know as long as you have a rough idea of when you're uh getting married usually you can you can contract with a wedding coordinator um we can help you find venues all that good stuff 
so that's yeah. that's a really good point then Erica because I think a lot of people as you just said at the beginning that a lot of people don't see the difference between the planner as in the frunk from uh, uh, Father of the Bride yes. um, I think every planner listening would be going I am nothing like frunk this is yep. not how it works but <laughs> just to say this is someone that maybe is you know if you're going for the quite high-end planning services that would basically hold your hand through every moment of the wedding planning process and some people are very keen for that sort of mm-hmm. to happen other people and i know a lot of our listeners are very diy hands-on people but perhaps mm-hmm. are busy at work busy with their actual life and mm-hmm. that want to do the vendor relationships but then have someone come and actually make sure that you've bought you've got everyone booked you know what you're doing you know the timelines you know the schedules you know how it's all going to happen but also coordinate those relationships because yeah they can be hard to get in touch with some of these people as well yeah i want i actually work with quite a few clients who are a little bit more on the the diy side of things and i work with a wide range of um budgets as well you know Mm -hmm. i've done everything from five thousand dollar weddings through twenty five thousand dollar weddings that are all DIY people. And that's that's uh, something that people associate DIY with with low-budget weddings, and that's not always the case. Like There are no. people who want to be hands-on but also want to spend a little bit more. When you get into the higher-end and, like, more premium weddings and ultra-premium weddings, like the, you know, 25, 35,000, you know, 50, and then into six figures and more, you're not going to have as many DIY people. Um but with the, I've, I've definitely seen $30,000 weddings that are still DIY weddings. And people think that, well, I'm doing DIY because I want to save money. Or I'm doing or, DIY because I don't want to hire a lot of vendors. But the reality is that when you try to DIY any element of your wedding, you need to have help. Because it's a ton of work. So bringing in a coordinator actually can be a very helpful thing because while you're focusing on the design elements of your day, we can be handling the details as far as working with the vendors that you do have. The other element of it too is that if you're trying to do everything yourself, but you have no experience with planning a big event, there might be things you miss and a coordinator can help keep you on track with the right um, things that you need to be focusing on. Yeah, I will. I, I want to say, Erica, as well, the whole thing about, you know, going back to this idea that a lot of us haven't planned big events and there are sort of small details that actually on the day are really big facets of the the logistical facets of running an event like this and things that I know, you know, you don't think about going, oh, do we have enough toilets? Do we know where? Yeah. And that's like a really, it was like a gross, exa- not gross, everyone has to go to the toilet. It's natural. But go if you if your location your venue only has one bathroom a lot of people wouldn't necessarily go oh we should perhaps hire some portaloos or find another option but i mean these are sort of quite um you know i would say sort of things that you would just think of instantly and go well this this mm-hmm. venue needs this or the lighting's not great maybe we need that or we need so i think a lot of the logistical stuff i i would not consider would be front of your mind straight away when it comes to that sort of planning Right, exactly. And that's, that's a huge part of what we do. It, in the early meetings, um, we will go over like what, what, is, um, what are they providing at the venue? What do you already have booked? Um, usually I 
most of the clients I work with, I come in, they've already booked their venue and sometimes they're photographer, sometimes catering. It, I like to be in early, but, um, that's just sort of how things flow. I usually am coming in after the venue has been booked and I like to make sure that they know exactly what's being provided by the venue and what's being provided by the other vendors they've got so far. And from there on, I can kind of put together a list of this is the, these are the things you need to have. These are the things you need to rent. This is what you need to um, make sure is being provided by the rest of the vendors you bring on. And that helps because a lot of times people don't even think about it. Um, one really big thing that is often overlooked is um, the table settings. Um, people don't think that they might need to rent table settings, glassware for the bar. You know, they think, oh, the venue's handling the bar. Okay, but does the venue provide the glassware or do we need to bring that in? You know, who's who's providing the um, the the cake cutting stuff you know who's doing the cake cutting little things like that people don't think that those aren't just rolled into the price of their venue or the price of their catering so little details that can go overlooked is a big way that um venue coordinators i'm sorry not venue coordinators we're going to talk about venue coordinators in a minute um Great. that wedding coordinators can help with that brings me to venue coordinators um so a lot of times the question i get is well, you know, my venue has a coordinator, so why do I need you? Or sometimes a venue will go as far as calling what their person is a wedding planner or a day of coordinator. And a lot of times a venue will require you to hire a day of coordinator or a wedding planner. But then they also say, oh, but we also have our person here. And there's a lot of confusion about that. Um, I am going to give you guys a link in the um, in the blog post with this article, I mean for this episode, that has a really good breakdown of exactly what a venue coordinator's responsibility is versus a wedding coordinator's responsibility or a wedding Ooh, planner. Yeah, it's very helpful because there's tons of ways that they're different. Venue coordinators are fantastic, and we love them, and they are so helpful. They are an equal part of the um, the puzzle here. It's not saying that, oh, venue coordinators suck and you don't want to use one. What I'm saying is that it's they have one job and it's different from the wedding coordinator's job. So the venue coordinator represents the venue. They are there to help you with anything related to the venue. They handle things like making sure that the um, tables are set up. They handle any kind of in-house rentals that need to be done. They handle their schedule as it pertains to the venue. So they may make you a timeline, but if your ceremony, for example, is off-site, you're not, that's, they aren't going to worry about that. They're not going to be concerned with when you want to do your um, bouquet toss. They're, they aren't going to care about who's doing the, the MC work and, and, and who, like when announcements need to be made. So they're, they work for the venue, but they also work for you because you're, you've hired them, but their primary focus is on anything related to the venue. Mm. Now, a wedding coordinator works just for you. You bring them in. They're an independent person that you've hired. They may have had experience working with that venue, but they are still there to represent your interests and to make sure that everything you want is being handled that day. 
And on top of that, they're going to be the ones doing the more personalized services. They're going to be in there in the getting ready room with you, like making sure everyone has, you know, their, um, their flowers on properly. They're going to be helping you bustle your dress. They're going to be helping you with making sure that the ceremony goes smoothly. They're going to be running your ceremony uh, rehearsal and just all of those things. The other point to bring up about venue coordinators is that um, many times the venue coordinator is brought in as a, like, so you'll have like an account manager for when you book and then they'll assign you your coordinator. So you don't necessarily have this rapport built up over time mm. uh, with the venue coordinator. You might, but in, you know, in a big venue that has a lot of weddings, you may not meet that person until the day or two before the wedding. Um, and then additionally, on top of that, a lot of times uh, the venue coordinators are not on site for the entire wedding. They're there for the setup and anything that they need to assist with, but then usually they'll hand over the reins to um, an event manager or like a bar manager, something like that. Um, so usually they aren't there uh, through the whole night, whereas the, your wedding coordinator would be. And like I said, I'm going to share a article um, written by another planner who is real just awesome it's it's a really wonderful article and you should definitely read it um if you want to know more about the difference between them so um let's see let's get down to basically what you can what you can expect to what 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 a wedding planner or coordinator i mean you can expect them to cost all right before you before you jump into the cost i want to hold off Okay. And quickly go to a break because I think costs are a big conversation. It's a big one. And I one. think a lot of people, it's a big one. And uh, speaking of costs, here's some ads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fried chillers. I was dicking around. Well, it was. We Advertising is important to our, uh, to our, they pay, actually, they pay for Erica. So <laughs> we love you, advertisers. <laughs> Thank you, advertisers. <laughs> Erica is a wedding planner, a wedding coordinator. I'm sorry to say, I've just completely called you a different thing. Although you would, oh, would you do planning? I do both. I do both. Of course you yeah. do. Yep. I'm yeah. gonna start that again so I don't fuck this up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back. That was uh, some ad revenue you've just heard, and we appreciate that. If you are listening to the podcast via the Bride Chiller app, it is ad free. So you didn't get an ad. You just got me talking to you, most likely. Uh, we are very excited to be talking about wedding coordination today. And Erica is breaking it down, giving us all the information. Gosh, it's been informative. You know, it's I'm into an, an interviewee when I don't say very much because you have just given so much value. I've just <laughs> shut my mouth. It's, it's all right. And just let me know if you want to jump in. It's fine. You know, I will. You know, I, will. I mean, you're just giving, it's like the value bombs are just exploding all over this podcast. And uh, you give such good advice. Your blog is fabulous. Before we get into talking about the costings of wedding coordinating and coordination, I just want to quickly talk a little bit about um, one of your projects, which I think is going to be really relevant to a lot of Bride Chiller listeners. We've shared a little bit about it on the Bride Chiller Facebook page and got some amazing feedback. People just jumped on it straight away. Uh, we're, good, we're talking about Secularly Wed, your website, yes. um, which is all about secular weddings and planning, yeah. which I think is very relevant for a lot of people. Where did that come from, Erica? So I am, 
I'm a secular humanist and atheist. And um, when I moved down to North Carolina, um, which is where I live and where I started my business, I found that um, there were there was actually a, a good, vibrant community of you know, progressive people, secular people, humanists. But a lot of the um, a lot of like our stories were getting drowned out um, by. I mean, we're in the Bible Belt, so it was, it's mostly a Christian area. And mm-hmm. um, and what I noticed was that there was this sort of um, need for the the folks who wanted to have non-religious weddings but to also feel like their weddings were still valuable and important and um, meaningful and in a way that like maybe working with a Christian vendor or someone else from another religion might not be able to give them the service that they were looking for because they didn't get what they were going for. So not to say Mm -hmm. that religious weddings are bad. Um, My dad's a pastor and everything actually, and we have a great relationship and I don't have a problem (laughs) with religious people, but I wanted to build a place where people who are trying to have humanist weddings, atheist weddings, they could get planning advice and find vendors and just in general feel like their um, their weddings are just as important. And also to call attention to some of the legal issues. Um, there are a lot of atheist groups around the U.S. who are working on the legal side of um, trying to make it legal for uh, humanist and atheist officiants to um, solemnize weddings mm-hmm. and, because it's actually you know not not legal in a lot of states and I believe in the UK there's some weird laws about that too there is uh, Australia yeah. we do it well we don't let gay people get married in Australia which is right. disgusting uh, but we're quite yeah. happy for anyone to learn how to become a do a course be a celebrant and yeah. get hitched wherever you like whereas in England they've got very strict rules like you can be a humanist and a, a humanist celebrant uh, yeah. I've gotten the names all wrong I'm probably going to get emails but you have to a lot of them are attached to certain locations so you don't really get a yes. choice um yeah. you know it's complicated but also i've done a couple of episodes about that so it is yeah. check your directories check the google but yes. it is very complicated but i can't believe reading about um the situation in the states that it is i mean state by state all different rules very confusing, it's so confusing. they haven't got that going on it's crazy well and i work with um i, I work a lot with a humanist a celebrant who um she actually did my own wedding and i do about half of my weddings with her, honestly. Um, and we are constantly having to re-explain why it is legal for her to do weddings. We get people who come up to her and be like, are you a real minister? And she's like, I am a, sec- a secular humanist celebrant, I'm, uh, you know, through the humanist society. And the thing that makes the humanist society legal in many states of the U.S. is that it actually originally was set up by Quakers and it was set up as a religious organization. So it Mm. is a non-theistic religious organization and that's the way that we get around it. And so if you are in the U.S. and you want to have a non-religious wedding and you want it to be legal, then you either go to the the courthouse and you just do a justice of the peace ceremony or you can bring in a humanist celebrant, but in some states even that's not, uh, they're, they're not approved in all states. So 
you know, we're, we're always having this conversation. We're trying to show people that, that there are ways to have a secular wedding that isn't um, just going to the justice of the peace and getting a courthouse wedding. Um, now, some people want that, and that's fine, and that's cool. Um, but we want to call attention to the issues and also the differences in planning and the um, sort of political issues of how do you talk to your parents about not having a church wedding? What do you do if your families object to the fact that you're not having a religious wedding? Um, Because we see this a lot with people. And a lot of times couples will feel kind of bullied into having a religious Mm -hmm. ceremony because their parents give them an ultimatum, like you have to have a church ceremony or we won't be there. I get so many emails from and voice messages mm-hmm. from people with that exact conundrum of just saying, I don't want to let them down, but we don't believe in it, but we'll just go through the motions because it keeps them happy. And yeah. it also, but that's a hard thing when you're, it's like going to court and putting, saying, I swear to God. And you're like, oh, I don't believe that. I don't want to swear on the Bible because I don't right. think it's a real thing right. or whatever. So exactly. I think it's a very difficult decision. I know it's very personal, but you have written some yeah. very, uh, I think, very open and, um, authentic I hate it's very authentic it's a wanky way to say it but things I I read the blog post going absolutely you've you've hit the nail on the head with how we all struggle with these sort of decisions when it comes to not letting people down but also your personal personal beliefs as well which is yeah yeah sort of the deal yeah I I think it's it's just a it's a conversation that needs to be had and and people need to have a place where they feel like they can talk about it and Mm. and work through it and you know, whatever the ultimate decision is, that's that's up to you. And I mean, I do have a lot of secular clients who do ultimately decide to have a religious ceremony to make their family happy, but mm. that's a choice that they, that they need to make for themselves. And if it's entirely just I'm going with the flow because this is what my parents are telling me I have to do, that's I, I want people to think about it and make the choices for themselves. And know that there are other options out there. Um, and then having vendor directory, it's, I mean, we've got right now 22 vendors in there. I'm hoping to grow that. Uh, we just launched the directory, so it's still kind of small. But I'm hoping to grow that. And if, if you're a wedding vendor in any part of the U.S. or the U.K., I mean, I'm open to putting you on my thing, so get in touch. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really about connecting people with the vendors who will work with them and not try to push any other agenda. Um, the only real requirement that we have for vendors is that they are um, – open to LGBTQ couples and that they do not promote a religion on their website. So you can be a Christian or a Jewish person. And as long as you don't promote a religion through your business, like on your business webpage or on your Instagram, you can join. Like I, we, we actually have some vendors who are Christian and, but they, that's a personal thing. And that's, that's what I'm talking about here is like trying to, to take the religion out of the business and so that our clients feel comfortable. So, Well, I'm, I'm really excited to be sharing that your posts and um, yeah. as I said, we had some great feedback when it first, first launched and I did a little post on Facebook and we had so many people sort of say that they'd check it out and that it was, you know, they were struggling with these situations. So I think it's a really, you know, great mm-hmm. time to be watching this and great time to be bringing the conversation to a head. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, now, we've promised we talk about money. 
Yes, we're going to talk about uh, money stuff now. <laughs> money, how much is it going to cost? And this is always like the, the, the most awk situation when you get you come to get engaged and then you start getting quotes from people, which is also mm-hmm. a, a, a huge advantage to having a coordinator or planner with yeah. you because these are people that you can bounce um, ideas off. We had a post recently about on the Bride Chiller blog about is my vendor fairly priced? And it was uh, written by another fellow coordinator, Josie. And mm-hmm. she was sort of saying it was a great post because it was sort of saying you've got to place a value upon things, but also if you have a, a planner or coordinator to bounce ideas off and to say, is this real? Is this crazy? That you can give an honest answer because you're not, you're, you are a third party that can be able to say, well, I think this is absolutely worth your while, or perhaps this is extortionate, step away. It's very valuable having your knowledge as well. We're attached yeah, to that. Yeah. And I mean, before we get into like what the coordinator actually will cost you, one of the biggest things that we can do if you bring us in at the beginning is to um, make recommendations that are tailored to your budget. Now, mm. most of the time with wedding coordination, budget management is not part of that service. It's something that can be added as a service. Um, I offer it as an add-on, and that kind of pushes you into kind of partial planning. Both the design, the budget coordination, and then like extra planning meetings generally are what kind of push you into the partial planning zone. But um, we can certainly say, okay, what's your budget? Okay, we will recommend vendors that fit that budget. Or if we see a problem with, like, you're not allocating enough in one area and you need to re- retool that a little bit, you know, we're not going to make your budget for you, but we might be able to make a suggestion um, one way or the other. Like, you know, you might need to put a little more towards photography, or, you know, we might be able to scale back on the catering if you just want to do heavy hors d'oeuvres, that sort of thing. So yeah. then then it kind of comes to, and actually bringing up Josie's article was is exactly on point because one of the big things that I want to talk about is what value you place on the service your wedding coordinator is going to perform for you. And there are different levels of service, like I've talked about, and there's also different levels when it comes to the size of the the coordinator's business. So, for example, I'm a one-woman show, and I have assistants who come in, but they're not my staff like they're just people I say hey I'd like you you know you're one of my assistants that I call up regularly they come in they work the wedding with me now there are teams who have you know an overarching business they've got a bunch of assistants who are on staff they've got set up and breakdown crews that still falls under the purview of wedding coordination but those services are going to cost more than a one-woman show that does just like you know works with you to 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 make sure everything's running smoothly it's all there under the same umbrella of wedding coordination so you're going to see some varying price structures um and depending on what you need for your wedding you may need the the crew with the setup and breakdown team and you may need that level or you may just need somebody who's there to to make sure that you know the vendors set up smoothly and that the actual event runs according to schedule. 
And um, so I can speak from a little bit more experience from that that end of it because I am still a very small business. But I do also have some information from um, one of my wedding planning mentors, uh, Mary Swafield. She runs the Wedpreneur community, which um, educates uh, wedding professionals. And um, she was able to give me some insight into what her company is like. And she's on that higher end. She works in the like premium and ultra premium weddings. Um, and her wedding coordination is a it looks so different from my <laughs> wedding coordination because of the level of customers she works with. So just to kind of give you a basic idea, wedding coordination can start anywhere at $500 and it can go all the way through to nearly 3000 Wow. Depending on the level of service you need and the size of your event. Um, me personally, I fall in the... 1000 to 1500 range for my wedding coordination mainly because of the the work that I do is because I prefer to be brought on at the very beginning I like to work with people very intensively on making sure that they've got everything handled at the right point in time I create dashboards um, and planning checklists for my clients and I'm really working with them the whole every step of the way now, there are people who are maybe new to the industry or are providing a little bit paired back service who you can hire for a little bit cheaper. But in my experience, the folks who are charging under $1,000, either they're underselling themselves or mm. they are not giving quite the level of service that most people end up actually needing. And the issue is that a lot of times when couples hire them, they don't know what level of service they actually need. They don't know how much help they're going to need. And so they see the lowest price tag and they say, well, that's probably fine. And yeah. it might be, but it also might not be. And a lot of times when, you know, if you're hiring somebody at that lower price point, they are newer into the industry. They may not have as many contacts. I mean, we all start someplace. So um, I would just say that if they're, if you are seeing a quote that's under $1,000, um, just look into like, you know, how long have they been in the business and um, like what, what what's the level of service that they're providing and really compare apples to apples. If someone's giving you a, a quote and a presentation that clearly includes a lot more service, then just keep that in mind when you're comparing against somebody who's a little bit cheaper. Um, but like I said, I think the average, um, at least here where, where I'm located, is in that 1000 to 1500 range. Um, but then for example, like with Mary's company, she, her service for coordination starts at $1,800 Canadian, which I don't, I didn't do that. Um, so I'm in the U S she's in Canada, so I don't really know exactly sure. what that is. Um, and then her service can go as far as $3,000. Um, but she's got a team. She has add-ons for, you know, set up and breakdown crews. Um, you know, she, you can hire a cleaning crew through her, you yeah. know? So there's just this whole extra level of, um, services. However, that said, her customers on, on average are spending much more on their whole wedding. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. If you have a wedding with a ton of vendors, a, t a very, very intensive setup. Sometimes um, these premium weddings can take several days to set up and people wow. don't consider that sort of thing. Like if a florist or a lighting crew needs to get into your venue and start setting up days before the wedding because it's this intensive thing, that has to be accommodated for in your coordinator schedule because they're going to be on site managing that. 
So that's that's just something to kind of expect. There there is a very wide range. You need to know what your budget is and also have expectations that match that budget. So <laughs> if, if you only have $500 to hire a wedding coordinator, just understand that you're going to be probably working with somebody new in the, in the industry who is not going to have as many of the amenities um, as someone who is in a little bit higher price point. Erica, can I just say in, in, in episode um, 266, I interviewed Kylie Carlson, who's the head of the UK mm-hmm. Academy of Wedding and Event Planning. And she, it's a really good episode just to expand on something you just said then, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, that she was just talking about hiring people with with um new people is great but she sort of said don't feel afraid to ask for references and testimonials and really drill down a little bit on their experience and really try and understand where they're coming from and if they've got contacts and if they've had Mm -hmm. actual physical experience and I'm and I think and she certainly wasn't saying don't hire a newbie but she said don't feel afraid to to really push them a little bit on on you know their ethos and how they they're going to do things and also ask for previous clients because you don't want to have just some someone that sort of said i'm i've planned my wedding and i'm you know i'm going to be a wedding coordinator who have never done anything for other people i think it's just going to be use your uh, spidey senses exactly and that's that is something that's huge um because i mean everyone starts someplace and of course i when i my first year doing it i mean i'd my business itself is actually still fairly new. Um, I've been involved in the wedding industry for a very long time, but as far as my actual mm-hmm. planning business, it's it's fairly young. But when you're first getting started, while you're building up those those contacts, you you do have to take a few jobs that are not going to be paying like the big bucks. Um, mm. But you also have to understand, like the I'm sorry, the couples need to understand just how much work actually goes into a, a, a wedding coordinator's job. Um, and that brings me to the idea of why we don't like to call it day of coordinating, because it is never just the day of. Um, <laughs> wedding coordination, on average, from the planners I've spoken to, because I, I reached out to a couple ahead of time and said, hey, you know, can you just give me a ballpark of about how many hours that you spend on each wedding coordination client? Oy. Yes. And I um, I knew my numbers, but I didn't know what other people, if that was comparable. And the average is about 30 hours per client uh, for wow. wedding coordination. So if you think about it that way, um, you know, people think, oh, like I'm spending 30 hours. And that's, I'm sorry, that's just the lead up. So then you have the actual wedding weekend. And that can be anywhere from, depending on the length of the event and the intensity of the setup, that can be anywhere from, you know, six hours to 15 hours on a day. Um, and like if you have a multi-day event, it can be even more. So we're looking realistically at overall probably 35 to 50 hours max per client. And, and you know, and if it's a really intensive wedding and you're getting into like partial planning, that's going to be even more. I have a client that I've probably worked about 60 hours worth. Mm. So keep that in mind when you are getting those quotes back from people. And when I, I a pushback I get a lot of times is, oh, well, you know, we think your service sounds really great, um, but I think it's more than what we need. We just need a day of coordinator because the venue requires it. And when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, 
right, the thing that your venue requires is the service that I'm offering, and this <laughs> is what it costs. And so, and usually in those cases, I do refer them to another coordinator that I know who I respect, but I know works at a slightly lower price point than me, or has like smaller packages. Um, there are there are coordinators who will put together kind of like more like pop up wedding packages or. Um, like sort of smaller elopement packages. And if that works for you, great. Um, uh, that's, that's just sort of like, you just gotta know your market and I like to send referrals if I can, but it brings me back to this idea that people think that day of coordinator is somebody who's literally just going to show up for eight hours, maybe help set up some chairs, put some candles out and that's it. And what, what is, problematic about the term day of coordinator, especially when it's used by other people in our industry, is that it gives the impression that we're working eight hours and going home and we never think about your wedding again, (laughs) that we never thought about it in the months leading up to it. So some people will use the term month of coordination or wedding month management um, because really the, the intensive amount of work starts during that final month. That said, though, it's still better to have somebody from the very start and they're there kind of working in the background and so keep that in mind when you're looking for a coordinator remember that you know they're they're probably going to be doing about 30 to 50 hours of work with you on your wedding to make sure it runs smoothly and you know consider at that point then you know that a thousand dollar price point really is uh it's not, it's not a ripoff. Um, and no. it all is about what you value. And that's why I think it's good to mention Josie's post. Everyone should definitely go check that out. Um, because your values and what you're willing to pay, um, they need to be in line with what your expectations for the wedding are. It's such a big, fabulous thought process that people need to go through that can be quite confronting when you think that, uh, you know, you go, yeah, I'm happy to drop five G's on a dress, for example, but I'm going to bargain down a wedding planner, uh, you know, try and get them to take off 250 bucks or 500 bucks off their price. And I just find that a really strange mindset that, and it's not, I'm not, you know, I'm all up for trying to find best value. But as you said, what is the, what is the cost of peace of mind of knowing that things are going to work when you've invested all this money into the day and you've paid all these vendors and all this time and people are traveling to then not have it run smoothly because you're being a tight ass, uh, to me is very strange. And I'm not saying that you need to go. And I think you've actually just handled this so well today, Erica, you sort of saying about the price points, it's not crazy, crazy money when it comes to bringing someone on board and, and, and handing over this responsibility. Cause you, that's basically what you're doing. You're giving so much of your um, responsibility to this person who's qualified and knows what to do. But I do find that sometimes funny that people write in and go, I don't really want to get a coordinator, but we, I bought a $9,000 dress. And I'm like, I support your investment yeah. in that dress if that's what you want. But it's also like, it's not going to be great if you're walking down the aisle and you're in the nine grand dress and uh, no one's there or you don't have any chairs or the cake doesn't turn up and you've got to run around and fix that shit. So I think it's just finding that balance of what you value and also your time. I know as I get older, my time to, and this is why we work together so well and you, you know, having you on board, helping me email people and you're coordinating (laughs) all this marketing stuff and it's stuff that was driving me up the wall with my valuing my time. I 
I'm so happy to have you on board and have pay you to do that. So I think I've got to this point of going, Erica's very good at this stuff. You're very organized. I sometimes lose my, get a bit tizzy and lose my head. My value, my time is worth this amount of yeah. money. I will pay you happily to do it. So I think that's just right. getting to that point of realizing if you want to sit for five hours on a Saturday morning and glue gun things together, fine. But would you rather be doing something else? Right. Well, I mean, and then there's also something that is a big part of this conversation when you're trying to decide whether to hire a wedding coordinator is do you want your family and guests to be doing that stuff as well? And people don't think about that. And, you know, like I, they'll say like, oh, well, my cousin's going to be my coordinator or, you know, we have a lot of bridesmaids, so we'll manage. And the, the reality is that like, Yes, you can you can do that, but I know firsthand from my own wedding where I tried to to do this entirely myself because I was a wedding professional. I told myself, I can do this. It's fine. We don't need to bring in anyone else. That was so wrong. And I was trying to get my hair and makeup done and like also sneaking my head out into like the main room to see that everything was being set up properly. <laughs> and like barking orders at my sister and our friend to like basically telling them that they're the the little garlands we were, they were hanging weren't the right amount of like dip and I, you know stupid stuff like that that if i had had somebody whose job it was strictly to carry out my vision i wouldn't have had me telling my friends and family what to do and relying on them for setup and it would have been a lot less stressful we could have all had a much chiller morning I would say that was the only thing about my wedding day that I was like a little stressed out about everything else went smoothly and wonderful but the setup the flow of the event like you know I being a planner I had timelines I had a plan for everything to carry out um in proper time and everything but it's just easier if you have someone whose job it is and they're a professional and you don't have to worry about anything you can just enjoy the day. Yeah, peace of mind. I feel like yep. is just so much more than uh, a couple of bucks. And I also just think that you, this this industry has evolved so much, and there are so many amazing people and creative people who have entered the planning space. And I am constantly impressed. Like you know, Erica and I do so much work with other bloggers and other influencers, and the people that we are lucky enough to work with and meet in our daily lives, I just think, oh my gosh, some of the most interesting, like, you know, artistically creative people out there and also yeah. organizing. That's a bloody skill in itself. Um, and I think people underestimate just how hard you all work. I think a lot of people, and Kylie said this in her interview in the episode recently, that she sort of said it is potentially one of the least glamorous um, jobs because you are on your feet, you're running around, uh-huh. your hair's on fire. And uh, it's, you know, you're making this day of beauty and joy happen and uh, just wear a sensible shoe. That's all I think. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, So at one of my events recently, I was working with a a friend of mine who is a who is going to be coming on as one of my assistants. And she it was her first wedding with me, um, aside from my own. She actually was one of the people I was yelling at at my wedding. (laughs) Um, Fix it. Make it make it prettier. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we fast forward to today and she's coming on as one of my assistants. And, um, the whole day I felt like I had to be kind of checking in 
and making sure that she was like enjoying herself and like like <laughs> are your shoes comfortable are you okay because it, it is a very <laughs> physical job yes. um the very next day you know you you need to be in decent shape for this job because you will be on your feet on rough floors you will be carrying heavy objects now one thing i will say is when you get into those higher end um companies where they have set up crews and everything if if you don't want to be doing the physical work of being a wedding coordinator you need to have a service where you have you include a crew in your um in your price point but you know i like being a little bit more hands-on i like doing the physical work but it is it's hard you know you have to be running around all night um you have the longest day of everybody involved except for maybe the couple because they're waking up early and going to bed late (laughs) um but you know you're on you're on the job all day and um it's it's very physical and um it's not as glamorous as people think it's not all champagne meetings and um picking out colors i mean that's more of the wedding planning side, the champagne meetings and wedding wow. colors. But there's still the same physical hard work in the wedding planning, too. So it, that's just something to keep in mind when you're getting quotes from people. Just you know, keep in mind that this is a very um, intense job. And we're here to make sure everything goes perfectly for you, the couple. And whatever, like we work for you we want you to have a good day we want your family to have a good day and everything that we do is with that end goal in mind so just you know keep that in mind we're we're on your team we're not on anyone else's team um we do have to also support our vendors and make sure that our vendors are taken care of but at the same time like your priorities do come first I'm so delighted to have spent this time with you, Erica, as always. Yeah. I like all our time together, but this has been, I like, you know, <laughs> it's a longer episode today, but I feel like you have given so much information that I'm sure people will be taking notes, but also head to the uh, bridechiller.com today. You will see uh, the blog that Erica has so generously contributed with all the sort of main points that you've shared today, which I think is really good to go back and hit some of those points, read the blog post, absorb and really consider hiring a wedding coordinator and find someone that you gel with. You said that earlier. I think that's one Mm -hmm. thing that is really important. And we talk about meeting your vendors if you can. It's not always possible to meet every single one of them, especially if you're traveling. We we know know that's life. But especially people that you're going to work with one-on-one and connect with. You don't have to be besties, but you want to make sure that you can be honest and open and have a good dialogue with them. So Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. such information erica thank you so much for spending the time and sharing it's been great now if people want to hire you lady Mm -hmm. as they should be listening to this going oh my god (laughs) get this woman on my team how do we do that so you can go to events, which we will put in the show notes yes Um, you will because it's hard to spell. Um, and i have an inquiry uh form through there um and that's the real, that's really the best way to to get in touch with me. I um, I do mostly work in the Southeast U.S., but you know if someone wants to do a destination wedding, hey, I'm open to it. I love traveling. So, um, right. and the other thing too is I do offer um, consultation services if you are not quite to the point of um, hiring a coordinator yet, 
or you are trying to kind of do things a little bit more on a, a stricter budget, um, you can also get in touch with me for a, a consultation. And um, I offer full planning and design as well. So that's, that's awesome. That's I know my whole thing. We have had a couple of bride chillers when you've been on the show before talk uh, about contacting you for that consultation. Yes, and, yes, actually. And- one of our, um, one, I, I am working with someone who wrote into you and um, she's not only one of my brides this year, but she's also going to be a secularly wed vendor um, because Yay! she runs a venue. So it was really quite lovely. Um, yeah, I was really happy when she's like, I heard you on the podcast. I realized you live close to me. It was cool. <laughs> oh, that's such good news. Should we give her a plug? Yes, I would be happy to. Um, her name is Kate, and she runs McDonald Artisan Farm in um, Aberdeen, North Carolina, which is oh. sort of in the Southern Pines area, if you're familiar with the, the region. Um, it's a beautiful farm venue. Um, it, we're doing uh, a photo shoot there later this year, actually, that um, we will definitely share with all of you because it's going to yes. be beautiful. And then, of course, her wedding is going to be later this year as well. So we've got oh big my plans. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kate. I'm so glad that you found uh, a connection with Erica and it's all working out. And I can't wait to see Kate's wedding and hear all yeah. about it. And uh, yeah. we'll be sharing more Secularly Wed um, blog posts via Bride Chiller and Oh, look, you'll be back on the show, no doubt, yeah. very near future. <laughs> also, um, I don't know if you want to do um, – we would like to see more of everyone else's weddings yes. as well. You just beat uh, me to it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're looking for to feature bride chiller graduates um, and then also some if there's vendors listening, if you have weddings mm. you'd like to submit – if you have styled shoots you'd like to submit, get in touch with us um, because we want to get more of your stuff on the blog. Yeah, we really are working hard to build the blog up. I know it's uh, for a few years, I can't believe I've been saying this for a few years, I've been making the podcast and it's really been since Eric has come on board to uh, work together. We've been really working hard to get some lovely high quality bride chiller blog posts on and working with lots of other bloggers and coordinators and if you also if you've got a a post that you want to share with us maybe you've listened to this and you're a wedding professional or maybe you're a bride-to-be and you're like let's I've got something I want to talk about um we would very much like to hear from you because we're getting such great posts coming through and um you know hopefully it's sharing more topics along the bride chiller sort of area in the bride chiller community than um, you know, a lot of there's so many great wedding blogs out there, but a lot of them are quite aesthetically driven, and we're we're, we're sort of talking more about the, I don't know, the bride chilliness of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the actual yeah. like meat and potatoes of it, which exactly. it's not always pretty. You know, we like the pretty stuff, Boy. but we also like the the real stuff. <laughs> That's what you call the blog: the meat and potatoes of wedding planning. Bride uh-huh. chiller blog. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, Erica, thank you so much again. It's been such a delight. And uh, please keep in touch, everyone. Keep your messages coming through. If you would like to leave a review or a rating for the Bride Chiller podcast on wherever you choose to listen to it, we would be very grateful. And uh, make sure you head to thebridechiller.com for more information. Visit the blog, poke around, see what we've been up to. Thank you so much, Erica. No, thank you. It's been fun. Everyone. Happy days. Happy days. 
The Bride Chilla Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?